glory in the legends of this hard muscle life. And there's poetry in each season made of sweat and strife. But now's the time to work and strain at a sport that tests the spirit and challenges the brain. Come on, come on, come on. Let's go. Yeah, I'd like to have 75 degrees of sunny all the time, too, but that's not football. Do you fear the force of the wind, the slash of the rain? We're going to play us through light and rain. Go face them and fight them. Be savage again. What up, everybody? Welcome back to the Put Me In Coach podcast. Bobby Blanco, Ian Foster, Tom Natale, Greg Porter with you. That's the foursome. Uh, back-to-back weeks recording. It's always fun. I really squeeze it in. It's weird. We're probably not going to talk too much Washington football team in this episode, though. Um, uh, you'd be surprised. That, <laughs> three hours later. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm double-tipping on podcast day. Today's my pod day as I do my work podcast earlier in the day and now... Here at night on Thursday night, recording PMIC. Um, watching the Caps lose is always fun. We'll touch on the Caps a little bit later. Thanks for tuning in uh, wherever you catch your podcast. That could be Apple, Spotify, Google, or SoundCloud. Um, and also, of course, follow, following along on um, on social media as well. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at PMIC Podcast. Really appreciate all the support, all the love that we get from friends and family and listeners across the board. I actually just saw, though, we have... Um, we have some competition. A new podcast has entered the chat. Uh, friend of the program, Chick Hernandez and Fred Smoot are continuing their show and doing a weekly podcast, it seems. Um, uh, I just had it up called uh, um, That's Your Opinion with Chicken Smoot. Um, they, so they had Coach Joe Gibbs on today for their second episode, which is a pretty cool get. Yeah. Uh, so good to see. That's going to be that's gonna be a good podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think they had, they don't have it marked explicit. Um, but I'm guessing that's not going to be rated PG. Yeah, and Bobby, does yeah. Nick know that you do a fantastic Fred Smoot impression? <laughs> I haven't done a Fred Smoot. I haven't done a Fred Smoot impression in a long time. <laughs> no, I don't think he does. I don't think I ever did it for him. Uh, it's pretty good. I, thank you, thank you. I mean, it was just because I, I would always listen to him every game. Uh when we used to go to football games, particularly the Washington football team on the way out, like I would listen to, cause he used to be on the post game show at nine eighty, and I yep. would listen to him uh, because what else are you going to do? You're sitting in traffic for the next hour anyways. Uh, and I guess I was just all those hours of listening to him break down the game and talking with fans. Uh, he's great on the radio. I, I'm surprised he is not still on, have a show or I mean, we saw B Mitch, uh, and JP Finley get their show today um, on 106.7. They're taking over the midday slot um, from Pete Medhurst, who's moving over to 980. But I'm I'm surprised uh, Fred Smoot. I mean, he must have. <laughs> no offense to him, this is not a character. I'm not pointing him out, calling him out, but uh, he's got, obviously got a very outspoken personality. He must have rubbed someone the wrong way because he is fantastic on the radio. I, I he is. He he needs to be having a full time job in that slot in that arena. His gift is his personality really is yeah definitely i'm looking forward to it that's awesome um but on that note also yeah i mean that's before we get started that's an interesting shake up to the our, our daily um mm-hmm. sports radio intake lineup um it yep. also all started which i don't think we talked enough about on on on, on this show is how intercom who owns 1067 also bought 980 mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. You know, for the longest time, they were fierce competitors. Obviously, 980 being owned by Dan mm-hmm. Snyder at some point, and they wouldn't even acknowledge each other. Like, 
Uh, there was bad blood. They would always say the other station. They would the never other say other station. Yeah. 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 Uh, and now they're under the same umbrella and trying to be teammates. And I saw uh, CK, who's the program director over 106.7, and now both, 980 included, was saying, like, now, you know, we're all under the same umbrella on the same team and got to work together. And, you know, that, that's kind of uh, – is that a normal thing? I don't know. Like, having yeah. two dominant radio stations in this town be under the same company name. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. And I – I remember what you said, Bobby, like 106.7 would like they had ads like saying we are not owned by Snyder, not like we're going to tell you how it really is not from his ivory tower. Sports talk from the cheap seats, not the owner's box. That was it. Yeah. And, and which was great. And you know what? And I think that kind of I mean, the junkies are still there. I know you guys don't listen to them anymore, but I, I still I, I do. Oh, so just me and Tom, but I, I still tune in. I catch usually their last hour every day. Um, and if they get a good guess, I'll go back and listen to the podcast. But I grew up listening to them. Um, obviously, a huge Grant and Danny fan. We referenced that sh- show a lot on this podcast. Um, I've been on Pete Medhurst's show as a guest before. He's a great talker. He's a great dude. Um, so I, I think 106.7 typically just has a younger fan base than 980 did. Mm-hmm. And it looks like they're trying to... CK is trying to change that and kind of mellow it out and be a lot younger, fresher faces across the board, which I'm looking forward to. I mean, I I yeah. wouldn't be opposed to tuning in to 980 every once in a while. But the problem is the signal. Like, why listen to AM signal when you have yeah. crystal clear FM wherever you yes. go? Yes, please. Well, I mean, I never listened to 980 The only um, because it was owned by Snyder. Right. And then, too, um, the only time I listened was when Tim Murray and Nick Ashu um, had their show. He, he's just so handsome. So handsome. Um, so handsome. But, you know, it's I think the idea of Brian Mitchell and JP Finlay having their own show, especially B. Mitch, because, I mean, 106.7 hasn't had, you know, I mean, the last time they had a professional athlete um, on 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 the airwaves was LeVar Arrington, who um, you got pretty sick of his routine. I mean, he was really hard to listen to at times. Um, And I, I think B. Mitch, one, brings credibility. He brings a big personality. And a guy that really just, you know, he's a part of the, the D.C. community. And uh, even though, you know, he was cut by the Redskins and, you know, signed with our rivals to stick it back to Dan Snyder. But, um, you know, this this town, this this team means a lot to him. So um, I'm excited. I am. It's it's still weird not hearing Grant and Danny on between 10 and 2. Like, yeah. I feel like my like internal clock is like, OK, it's 10 a.m. Time to listen to what they have to say. 100 uh, percent. You know, I, I think so what I'm time? Stuck. What time are B. Mitch? Ten to two. Ten to two. Ten to two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so Grand Day got the afternoon yep. slot. The main slot. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I like it. It's gonna yeah I agree. Tom, it's gonna take some getting used to because I'm used to listening to Grand Danny ten to two. That's that's like my middle part of my day, and then I usually yep. switch over to like music or podcasts. Yeah. Um. Same. But Same thing. you know, I'll um. Definitely tune in. I mean, I, I, it's I, I, I wasn't surprised when I saw it, but like I kind of was. Is I, I, I was more surprised I didn't see it coming. Like mm-hmm. JP had done shows um, on 106.7 before. I think he had filled in for like Chad Dukes for like a week or so when Dukes mm-hmm. before he got fired went on vacation. Um, obviously, he's got you know the most successful podcast in town. Um, maybe one of the most successful sports podcasts on one particular team in the entire country. And that's due to him, you know, building it on his own. Um, So 
I just thought it was like weird. It's like he's already got a job. He's like the head Redskins insider or Washington football jar, Washington football team insider for NBC Sports Washington. How has he can have time to do a radio show? But I mean, you know, it's ten to two every day. He probably will during the season miss have to miss practices, but that's what he's got Pete and Mitch for. So, uh, yeah, I mean, cheers to them. Good for them, and um, I'll be tuning in. I'm with you, definitely. All right, so want to get right into the thick of it with with football and we're going to tie this in to uh, you know how this what this means for Washington of course but really so the thick. first um the the first major domino fell this week in which Matt Stafford was traded to the Los Angeles Rams um in exchange for what was that Jared Goff two first round picks and a third round pick did I get that right guys uh, uh yep a third round pick this year, next year's first rounder, and the 2023 first rounder. Okay. That was a lot. For Matt Stafford. That's a, yeah. that's a heck of a haul. And um, this is not the first time the Raider, the Rams have traded their first round picks. I mean, they did this for, I think it was for Brandon Cooks, and they've done it for Jalen Ramsey. And, um, you know, they're treating, I feel like they're looking at this you know, building their football team from a different perspective because we've always said, you know, build through the draft, build through the draft, build through the draft where, you know, they're, they're taking a, what they think is a sure thing and they're sacrificing, you know, younger talent that they control for longer. Um, it's interesting to see how they, that plays out. And it looks like um, the Lions had a number of suitors, including us and some other teams. And this is where Stafford wanted to go to. And the reason why he wanted to go to the Rams was because of Sean McVay. Yeah, I think the Rams see Yeah, I mean, why would you not want to go play for Sean McVay as a quarterback? You know, I mean that often. I love his quote. He said, I'm not trying to win the draft, I'm trying to win the Super Bowl. Okay. Fair. Fair is fair. Uh that makes sense. No. I, I what's up? We're having static issues on the Zoom call. I, I think that uh them. I mean, yeah, he's in their eyes, in Sean McVay's eyes, he's a quarterback away from reaching the Super Bowl, you know? Um, ah, sorry. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> yeah, I have inside jokes. Are you guys texting or playing footy with each other over the Zoom call? Hey, we got to figure something out. I'm not letting COVID take over our lives, okay? We're still having the same still having the same bits. There is a, there is a chat box where you can distract each other. No, no, this is this is this is secret. Secret, secret. <laughs> you can do one on one in the chat box. I don't trust Zoom. The Chinese are already <laughs> looking at us. Oh god. Um anyways. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh yeah, uh, I think McVeigh he clearly thinks that they're a quarterback away. I, I mean, uh they obviously beat Seattle. Uh, he thinks if they had better quarterback play. Now, to be fair also to Jared Goff. To be fair. To be fair. He was banged up, and he wasn't supposed to be playing that game, but because their backup also got hurt, he was playing with a broken finger, right? Or thumb? Something like Dislocated. that. Dislocated? Dislocated, yeah. But I don't know throwing in. But anyways, uh, yeah, he thinks they're um, a quarterback away. And, and yeah, well, if you're Matt Stafford, why would you not want to go play in Los Angeles and and for Sean McVay? Um, and you know what? Cheers to the – I mean, you know, it's – Funny because we're in the complete opposite boat with our team, right? We don't, we would never, ever, ever want Washington to give up that much for a quarterback, no. especially right, especially right now. But we're also not the Rams. We're also we don't have the number one defense and all those weapons and one of the best offensive young minds in the in the league. 
Sure. I mean, they've got future Hall of Famers on that defense. Not that we don't, but they're farther away than Aaron Donald and and Jalen Ramsey are. I almost said the, Patrick the Ram, Ramsey. The Rams are, are a better team than us, and that's that's okay. That's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and if they yeah. go win the Super Bowl next year, then it was all worth it. Definitely. And, and so it looks like we, we did actually – you know, our front office made an aggressive push to get Stafford. I, I, I understand it was a first and a third. Is that right? First and a third. Um, yes, I am very comfortable with that. I thought I, that was I a good offer. It. I would have yeah. done it too. Um, I know nothing, no nothing more. But, um, you know, I, when I saw that, when I, when I saw what they, it took to get Stafford, two number ones, a number three, and I mean, I know Jared Goff was going to be thrown in there be, because, for obvious reasons. But that's why they get. That's why they had to give up so much. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like my first reaction. I was like, "Oh my god!" Then if this is what it costs to get Stafford, what is it going to cost to get Deshaun Watson, who's better and in the prime of his career? Twenty-five years old, not even entering his prime yet. It's crazy. Stafford's going to be thirty-three in three days. I mean, this is he's really going to be the biggest trade asset ever. Yeah. Like, they don't be they don't become available like this anymore. Like that just doesn't not, happen. You know, yeah. typically they just they ride out their rookie deals and then hit free agency. Yeah. You know, or you know, or like, what you're supposed to do if you're a normal franchise is if you have a really good quarterback there. Just make sure he stays. Yeah, and you just re-sign him. So it's either you know, he stays or don't he... trade away the best receiver in the game at that point. Yeah, yeah, maybe not for a running back in a devalued position. Um, so but, I mean, I, I think. Oh, I, I think we when when comparing the two and and asking what this is going to mean for Deshaun Watson, you have to also keep in the like you kind of touched on the idea that the Rams were also unloading Jared Goff's contract. Mm-hmm. So that's why they had to give up or include all those picks as well. I mean, if they're trading for Matt Stafford straight up and not including Jared Goff, which obviously between these two teams, it had to happen because mm-hmm. you're not going to bench Jared Goff with $134 million dead cap space. Yeah. Unload that, but take him out of the picture. It probably would have taken only two of those picks, Right. Maybe three, maybe, but not first rounders. Yeah. So I think that's an important caveat. If Stafford were to go anywhere else and Jared Goff's contract is not involved, I don't know. It's going to be, I mean, it, it's, it's going to be super interesting, not just because, like you said, it's going to be the biggest trade maybe in NFL history of a quarterback right before his prime and the numbers that he puts up, but also how now this is kind of the base. Maybe you could say this is like the starting point. But how are teams going to see, well, I mean, the Rams were giving up Goff's contract. We're not giving anything up for that either. So we're just giving up picks and maybe another player. So it's not going to be a first round. It's going to be interesting how see how it plays out. I, I'm, I'm following it's, the storyline every inch it goes. What's incredible is that football is so unique because there's only 16 games to figure out if they're good or not. Yeah. Like there, there is absolutely no – such thing as patience in the NFL. Like if you can't do it, we're going to find someone else that's younger and cheaper to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, let's just think about it. Like three years ago, the Eagles win their first Super Bowl ever with a 
up-and-coming offensive mind in Doug Peterson. He's fired. Goes on the run with Nick Foles. Then the next year you have the the um, what the was in the a finalist for an MVP in Jared Goff that takes Sean McVay off Sean McVay's offense to the next level, and then he's already out. Um, it, it's incredible just how quick you know players are are sold off. It's it's unlike any other sport. It's a show me now. What have you done for me lately? Kind of mm-hmm. league. It, it, it really is. And, and I mean, I, I know Jared Goff hasn't been the, – the market has corrected itself. I, I, we didn't expect him to be this MVP-level candidate like he was a couple of years ago. But, I mean, w- what did he do? <laughs> to, Once they said it was going to be an open competition between Goff and Walford, you knew that something was going on there. Yeah. Number one seems, overall draft pick. Right? It, it, see, it just seems unlike McVeigh And – you know, as far as trades, I know typically the first thing that's debated, okay, who won this trade? And obviously that is to be determined because they haven't played yet. But there are scenarios in which both teams can benefit from a trade. And, you know, the, the Rams got their quarterback that thinks that they think they can take them to the next level. And then the Lions, who are not contending, are in the uh, process of a rebuild with a new coach. And they got two first round picks, another pick, and then they have a quarterback that can, you know, serve as a bridge and whatever for the future. I mean, it's, you know, I, I feel mutually beneficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, the both, it's, it's both of these teams are different positions or different mm-hmm. times in their franchises, right? The Rams feel like they're on the cusp of winning a Super Bowl. Detroit's doing a full rebuild. So yeah. you could say, they both won, mm-hmm. right? Right now, I mean, obviously, they haven't played a snap with either of their new quarterbacks and new draft picks. We don't know who the picks are going to be, and we've got three years to figure out who those picks are going to be. But, you know, for a team that's going to be rebuilding, you're getting three first-rounders over the next three years, and then a quarterback who was a former first number one overall pick. So, I mean, we're not saying that Jared Goff's no – Slouch. He's not as good as a number one overall pick, maybe. But I mean, I mean, we'll we'll find out. You know, we'll find out. Was he a product? All those good times he had was was he a product of McVay's offense, or does he actually have some talent? Can he actually throw the ball? Um. Now the Detroit <laughs> roster is a million times worse than LA's. So if he can't get it done in LA with that roster, how is he going to get it done with a worse roster? And just roster, just but... imagine, you know, living on in beautiful Los Angeles for years with millions and millions in your bank account. Then, like, now nah, go to Detroit, Detroit, Michigan. How long before his girlfriend breaks Far up with no. him? <laughs> How long before his girlfriend breaks up with him? And she's like, the I'm sunshine's not... from California. California, yeah. She's like, but I'm what not. What if I can come up on the opposite side for Matt Stafford with being in Detroit for so long, and now it's like. Oh, this is how the other live. Yeah, and I don't have to play on Thanksgiving every year. Oh, nice. Or lose on Thanksgiving every year. And, and that yeah. was like when my um, my Frostburg friends came down to Coastal to visit me. They're like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was the exact opposite of Frostburg. Yeah. Um, so as far as like when – so with the Stafford trade, my first reaction was, oh, my God, what is Deshaun going to require mm. to get? 
So, and also at the same time, when I asked this question last week to you guys, we said, ideally, who's our quarterback next, next year. And I think all of us said Matt Stafford Mm -hmm. um, for the reason that he is a guy that can elevate us to the next level, but he's also not going to cost the same amount that it would cost Sean Watson. Um, Well, now Stafford is a Ram. Um, Deshaun Watson is going to require so much that I doubt our front office is going to make a push like that. No. So now what? Because they've already come out and said multiple times they're not going to mortgage our future based on just one position. Mm-hmm. I think it might be the draft now, honestly. Mm-hmm. We'll do so. Now that it's going to be how aggressive are they in that? Are they going to trade up? That's going to be the real question now. Sure. Reports that we're in love with Fields. That would that it make. I mean, his how he plays. I, I mean, we need. It is obvious to me after witnessing seventeen games that we need a quarterback that's mobile. Yeah. And, yes. But isn't uh, also great that we got to watch seventeen games. But yeah, I, you saw <laughs> what I did there. Thank you. I did. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it is could not be more clear to me that they need some they need a good a quarterback that's a good athlete and that can move around in the pocket and scramble and and improvise to a little a little bit and, and Justin Fields certainly fits that bill um, and he's not a one and done like one year wonder type that I've never been a big fan of and I think he's been a two to three year starter in, uh, in at Ohio State so two, two. yeah two. he took over since Dwayne left yeah that's yeah. right made that's the right. college football so, playoff two years. Yeah, are you guys? Because I know a much lot, more. And, and and you said this too. I, I'm, I'm, I'm. If you did, I'm my bad. If not, my bad. But are you worried about Fields because he came from the same system that Dwayne did? Yes, I am. I mean, how how can that be in the back of your mind? There's no, there's no successful Ohio State quarterback. Right? Yeah. Ever? Yeah. Like, they're, they just don't produce them. I don't know what it is. Now, that being said, Fields just looks different. Like he Yeah, looks, he's the best prospect they've ever had. Yes, absolutely. The most polished. Actually, like, he makes multiple reads. He's not a one-read quarterback. He's a big guy, too. Like, he, he's a yeah. guy, athletic. He's stronger. essentially the same size as Dwayne and faster and more athletic. Just more athletic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then again, when he played Alabama, he looked very normal. Very average. And, and Northwestern, actually. There, I was going to say, there were a couple games this year he actually yeah, looked yeah. pretty normal. Mm-hmm. Then again, you know, what was – Dwayne looked amazing through 50 touchdowns, but he was also throwing to NFL receivers, and yeah. as as was Justin Fields. And, you know, it is it is difficult because he is coming from a similar system. He has a hell of a lot of talent around him, a lot of future NFL players. At the same time, there is a skill set that he has that Dwayne did not. And there's also there's more experience that he's had. Um, he looks like he is, um, let's say, not a dick. Um, <laughs> so, yep. I mean, there, there dick, are dick, well, there are. Dick, I, dick, I would dick, say, dick, 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 dick. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know to answer to to think when I'm thinking about that, because there, there is definitely some reluctance because, you know, whoever's been there, it, it hasn't translated well. I, yeah. I'm hesitant for sure. I, cause I feel like, I mean, retrospect, we know they're not the same, but I feel like we were saying the same things about Dwayne Haskins when he was coming out. Right. 
And yeah. I said then I didn't want Dwayne Haskins. And then we got him and I got all excited and look mm-hmm. where that got us. Um so I, I I still have my reservations. He could be better than Dwayne. I would right now and obviously anticipate that he's gonna be better than Dwayne. Yeah. Um just knowing how his I mean, he made it to the championship game and you know, I don't think Dwayne made the playoffs and but I also don't really think he's gonna make it outside the top ten. I don't see how that ha- that happens. I don't know no, who's I gonna know. take That's him. What you're gonna have to, have to give up a lot to trade him there. If yeah. he falls out of the top ten, then I I I would be okay having a conversation of trading up to get him. Well, that's what we said about Dwayne. We're like, we didn't want him really either. But if he's there at 15, yeah, yeah. take him. And that's what happens. So, I mean, every year these teams fall in love with quarterbacks and they either move up or something happens on, on the contrary. So, you know, never forget Deshaun Watson failed at number 12. It's... But then also Blaine Gabbert climbed to number 10. Yeah, which the Redskins traded out of. Mike Shanahan's yes. smart move while in Washington. I was terrified that we were going to get him. Are we yeah. having the same conversation if Justin Fields played at, like, Florida? Or probably not. Florida State? Or another any other school? Name other, school, I, name other big I schools? I just don't trust Ohio State quarterbacks. Yeah. They, they don't transition. I don't know what it is. They just... So if he's at any other school, take him for With what he success. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And we're saying, I mean, I think also in that instance, he probably is a sure thing to go in like the top three or five, though. So, Correct. Yeah. This, so then we're not even having this conversation. But I, I, I'm just saying, are our reservations strictly because he played at Ohio State? And if he didn't play Ohio State, like try, I'm just trying to remove the school yeah, no, from the I, player. I, Bobby, I would say yes. I mean, it's got to be because he checks every other box, right? Yeah, we, we, we think. Size, athleticism, you know, he's got experience. He has a good win-loss record. I mean, he he checks every single box that you're looking for. Yeah. Uh, I think. You know, it, it's – so I guess my, my question, I'll, I'll wait for Ian to come back, but, like, because I feel like over the next few months, his whether it's Justin Fields or Mac Jones, Jones. From, Al- um, from Alabama, you have the quarterback from Florida, Trask. Then you have the a guy from, I think, North Dakota that um, actually sat out this year. He played one uh, game. He played one game, then, then sat out. And so like, threw like eight touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's options out there, it appears, but... The BYU kid... <laughs> He's going to go in the top. I don't think he's going to fall either. I, so if you're asking where we go from here, mm-hmm. I mean, we guess we haven't touched on Derek Carr yet. I, I don't that think, was- yeah, I don't think we're going to be able to draft the quarterback on the off chance that one of Not those the- top three guys falls out of the top 10. That's our only option. I think and now that's not even a sure thing. I think I would consider it. It doesn't mean I would do it. But um, I, I mean, I said this last week. I, I am comfortable going into next season if the right guy doesn't come along, if the right guy doesn't fall to you in the draft, if the price is wrong in terms of a trade. I am comfortable going into next season with Heineke and Kyle Allen, maybe Alex Smith too, depending on what he wants to do, and then just get by with them. If you have an elite defense and weapons around, go. I would rather them spend on Brandon Sheriff and another wide receiver, then 
spend all this on a quarterback and I'll well, just wait. I, I think it depends. We're going to be bad next year is. anyways. I think it depends what our goal is next year. Yeah. I mean, if our goal is is go go for it, try to win a Super Bowl next season, um, one, we're not there. I think we, we, we had we defied expectations this season, but we are not Super Bowl worthy level level talented uh, yet, hopefully. But um, I, I'm fine with going that conservative route, Bob. But, you know, when it comes down to it, you we haven't had we haven't solved this position in three decades. Like, yeah. And if you have a chance to get your guy and this and he's the real deal, I mean, we, we debated Kirk Cousins for years and years, but shit. Well, I wonder what our record would have been if he was our quarterback this year and the year before that and the year before that. And it's, um, you know, we, we have to find a way to solve this position at some point because that's the only way we'll have um, consistent success. It's the most important position on the team. Correct. But I don't think, but that doesn't, uh, I, don't, I, I, I understand the importance of it. I don't think that means you rush into it though. Like, sure. don't go draft a quarterback just for the sake of drafting a quarterback. I agree with the uh, concept that you bring up all the time, Tom. Draft a quarterback, but do it in the seventh round. I don't care. Yeah. Do it every single year. Who cares? Yep. But don't go and get, you know, the Florida kid or the Alabama kid just for the sake of getting him. If he lands to you and he's the number one guy on your board, fine, go for it. But, you know, if you have other players available that address a position of need, I, I, I think we can get by with, you know, the mediocre, no offense to them, mediocre quarterbacks that we have right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows, maybe they are better with more weapons around them than we thought. You know, and it's, it's, um, you know, there's only 30, I, I know it's so cliche. There's only 32 of these jobs and you're lucky if half of those guys are good at it. So, you know, it is really Crazy. difficult to, to solve this problem. I mean, and, and it has plagued, you know, our franchise probably more than any other one, maybe besides the Browns, but they have Baker Mayfield now. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I guess, Ian, would you would you prefer to take this conservatively or would you, you know, put your chips in, so to speak? Well, now that Stafford's off the board, I say play conservative. Yeah. I like the aggression f- for him, but not getting too aggressive. Like yep. fucking L.A. But... Yeah, I, I mean, shit. I just don't know what I would give up for Carr. That's my next question because that has been now has since been rumored too. So, and yeah. God, if Stafford requires two first round picks, well, Derek Carr's younger, cheaper. Um, yeah, he's going to require something something very similar to that. I would not give up a first and a third for for Derek Carr. No, Bobby. I will preface this by saying I don't even think they're going to trade Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. I think they only would if they somehow land Deshaun Watson. But Derek Carr is not the Raiders' issue. I mean, he had his two best seasons under John Gruden's offense. It's their defense that's fucking trash that yep. they need to clean up. So I don't, I don't understand. I mean, I guess I understand because this is one of the going to be one of the craziest off seasons for quarterback we've ever seen. But I, I don't see them departing with Derek Carr just for the sake of departing with him um, or switching it up. The only reason I see that is if they get Deshaun Watson because he's not their issue. It's their defense. I mean, they've got plenty of great receivers. Darren Waller seems to be like the next best tight end in the league. 
Josh yep. Jacobs is going to be a really good running back for the next couple of years, at least under his rookie deal. Um, yeah, they just need to build that defense. So I, I don't see Derek Carr being dealt, but for the sake of argument, for the sake of the conversation, if he would be, I, I, I don't yeah. think it's outrageous to ask for the same price or around the same price that they got from, from Matt Stafford. Not I agree. Matt, um, but like not with another quarterback attached. And I'm, I don't know. Like now that we didn't get our guy, like the fact of just giving up so much draft capital just scares the daylights out of me. And yeah. like, mm-hmm. if you're going to do that, you better hope to hell that you're right. And this franchise does not get the benefit of the doubt in that regard. Like, like I, I know the adults are in the room, even though we just let go our best talent evaluator since Bobby Beathard. But, um, you know, I, I, I just feel like that is a huge, huge, bold move. Like, we are not just a great quarterback away from, you know, being 13 and 3, 14 and 2, making a run like that. We, we still have a, a – <laughs> We still got to build a foundation. We're not, but we I would. I would. Would you say we old? We got holes. We got holes. Yeah, I would say we're one great quarterback away from being the division favorite. Yeah, I mean, maybe not thirteen and three, but at least ten and six. I don't know, Bobby. I want to see one eleven win season in my life. I want to see. I, I just want to see. I once. think technically you have. It's me that hasn't. Technically, I have, but I was four. Yeah. I don't remember. And if I don't remember, Bobby Seung. Bobby Bobby Seung. He wasn't born the last time the Washington football team won eleven <laughs> games. Um, I mean, you don't think if if they add Derek Carr, you don't think we're a the sure Great. even if the Cowboys resign Dak, a surefire favorite for the division. We'd be we'd be in the top two. We'd yeah. be way, way ahead of Philly and New York. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And that'd be exciting, right? Like yeah. we would all, right. yeah. So, but I mean, I, I don't like, obviously take the Jared Goff situation or portion out of the trade. I, I don't think it's a, now. I don't think Derek Carr is worth three first rounders. He's probably worth three draft picks, but not first rounders. But I mean, that's what it's like. They got a lot of leverage. You could like, maybe start at oh, the one and the third that they were had initially on the table for Stafford and then build off that, maybe add another third two years down the line or whatever it may be. But I don't I don't think he's I mean, because was Derek Carr wasn't even a first round pick. He was a second rounder, yeah. So I mean, why would he command a first rounder back? I don't know. But I, I mean I he like is he's... he is younger and he I mean he fits the mold, right? I mean he is athletic, he is mobile yeah, um, you know he's shown cap- the capability to handle probably the most one of the most complex offenses in the NFL under John Cruden. So, you know theoretically, Turner's offense here would be a cakewalk for him. He's got a fan. I mean, he he would have the best defense he's ever had, maybe since that one offensive year that he, uh, um, before he got hurt. Yeah, tell you what, though, he can't wear number four. That's Heineke's. <laughs> Heineke. Um, and, and actually that's my one, another thing I wanted to touch on was, was Taylor Heineke and 
he was the best quarterback that we saw this season. Um, what he did against Tampa That's was bananas. obviously warrants him to have a job as an NFL quarterback. Um, and at the same time, and I don't th- think any of us have thought this, but like we saw he was amazing in four, five quarters, really total um, while he was here in Washington. And at the same time, is it fool's gold? I mean, he's 27 years old. He's been a journeyman. He was a backup in the XFL unemployed. Like, I don't think we're, we got a, a diamond in the rough, so to speak. Like, I don't think he's going to turn into, you know, our stud quarterback. Kurt for Warner. Yeah. Like we don't have something that like that on our hands, right? No, uh, I don't think so. I, w- I actually would be, I actually kind of leaning toward uh, Taylor Heineke never playing for us ever again because I want my yeah. lasting image of him to be that pl- that playoff game and just the, his legend. That's his legend, even mm-hmm. though it was a loss. In infamy. Yeah, because I'm just afraid if he plays again, he's going to turn out to be the Taylor Heineke everyone thought he was. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. a reason why he was unemployed. Right. But yeah. I was going to say the sentence that Tom just said is astounding. Like the fact that he was actually the best quarterback that we had play this year. That's better than two first round picks. One being number one overall in Alex Smith. And then the other one being Dwayne Haskins better than Kyle mm-hmm. Allen. Who's had two plus years in this system already. That's unbelievable that Taylor Hockey played five crazy. quarters of football for them in the playoffs against Tampa Bay and was the best quarterback we had all year. That blows my fucking mind. <laughs> I, what, what I will say, I, Tom Brady. Yeah. I thought Kyle, Kyle Allen was ascending. I think he probably would have had a game like that or two. Mm-hmm. But, no, I, I think Kyle Allen probably has a higher ceiling than him just because he has a little bit more natural. T- like It just felt like all of Heineke's throws were anticipation ones. Like There wasn't a lot lot of velocity behind it i think mm-hmm. he lack that but again he he's mobile and and heck of an athlete and can scramble in and out of the pocket and that was just the biggest freaking difference bobby and i went ape shit <laughs> i nick i'm surprised our neighbors didn't say anything i i did that amazes me <laughs> I know they could hear it through the brick wall. Oh, I know, because I can hear, I mean, I'm in here, I can hear them trying to put their young kids down for a nap in the middle of the day. They definitely heard us screaming. Oh, they heads. definitely heard us. <laughs> uh, nice. But, ah, uh, yeah. No, I will have I mean, that image in my head for the rest of my life. You know, what I, what I was thinking was, you know, if there's a quarterback, if you want to go the conservative route, I, I would love to give an opportunity to like Marcus Mariota again. Like, do we have yeah. a situation like a Ryan Tannehill where he wasn't in a great situation and in Tennessee and, um, and, and just needed it, needed a year to figure it out. And I mean, he still got, he was a number two overall pick former Heisman trophy winner. I mean, he kind of fits that mold of, you know, a, a great athlete that also has, you know, solid arm strength. Quack, quack. That goes perfectly in the line of my thinking. That's what I, I think there are cheaper options out there because he's going to be a free agent. And uh, I haven't done a deep dive into the coming up free agent class, but I don't think he's a free agent. I think he's under contract for another year. I thought it was a one year deal with the Raiders. Maybe mom. Okay. Anyways, he would be way cheaper than a car. What Stafford was um, trading up for uh, to pick one in this draft. So, I, I I just go by the model of 
I've seen other teams do it where you get by with a quarterback play. Now, I know elite quarterback play can elevate your team and make you an immediate contender and championship-level club, but get by with quarterback play, build the defense, build weapons around him, and then when the time is ready, that's when you go all in on a quarterback like the Rams just did and yeah. and take you to the next so, level. And become- so, Bobby, Mari- Mariota is actually – he signed a two-year deal. Okay. So he is under contract with Oakland – I mean, Vegas – Okay, but I mean, but yeah, he, he, he would, I agree with that. He would maybe take two picks to get, if that. I'd, I'd rather have him than Jameis Winston. Yeah, <laughs> I think he could do well in this offense. I mean, it's a lot of the things that he did in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Shotgun, spread him out, dumping off to the running back in the flat, run pass options. Yeah. I mean, I think he would do pretty well. I agree. I do. All right. Well, so we ten fifteen. Okay. I uh, wanted to move on to the hardwood. We have, um, for the first time, we're going to talk about Maryland basketball. Um, I as a, am a turp. Another beat another ranked team. I think that's the fourth ranked team that they have beaten this season. This has been a yeah. all on the road. This has been a really, really weird well, except for this one. Um, season for the Terps. I know that this is probably the least talented team we've had in a really long time, but as frustrating as they are, um, beating four ranked teams, I mean, who is this team? I'm confused. Not just four ranked teams, but three of them came on the road, which was, yeah. I don't know if you paid attention to it. Blows my mind. Not Mark Turgeon's thing. That was not on his list of things that he liked to accomplish was beating ranked teams on their road. I I go back and forth with this team so much, and I I try my best. Watching the other game, I was telling Megan, I am trying my best not to get mad at them because mm-hmm. I know multiple things. This is the least talented team they've ever been. They're not coached well. We, we talked about how we don't think Mark, Mark Turgeon is at least in-game a good coach. Mm-hmm. This is probably the best the Big Ten has ever been top to bottom <laughs> since we've been yeah. in it. And, of course, yeah, we're not we're not even in team. there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and our schedule has been all, all of our home games have come against ranked opponents. We have the third hardest schedule in the country. That's crazy. And to be 10 and 8 at this point, with all that considered, and, and having three of those wins on the road against ranked opponents... Losing losing your best player to the NBA than your four year starter point, starting point guard in in Cowan who you know had to do everything had to stay on the court for forty minutes a night. Um, yeah, it, it's it's been brutal to watch because when they have been bad, I mean it is unwatchable. But I mean there is, I mean this team just fights their ass off, and I really feel like they've kind of taken the identity of their captain and Daryl Morcel, who's just freaking bulldog man. They've got a bunch of Gary guys. Gary guys, yeah. I was gonna say Chicago yeah. players, but they do. And Marcel and, and Dante Scott are just so Gary. I think this team would. I mean, we say this every year, and we've also said that Maryland might have another national championship with Gary, with some of the talent they've had. But I think this team would be ten times more fun to watch if Gary were the coach, because we would see a progression. Of being better, and they would, we would expect them to pull off a couple of these upsets like they have. Mm-hmm. 
would love to see the the press that he would do with these with the talent that we've had. Right. So long, athletic. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? What's going on? Um, but yeah, I mean, again, I, I try not to get too worked up about it because I know this is not a Maryland team that we've become accustomed to, at least talent-wise. Schedule's hard. You know, just taking it game by game. Now, I do not want to lose to fucking Penn State this weekend, Umo. Please, No. Or, or I guess yeah, tomorrow. I, I guess it's tomorrow night, actually, not this weekend. He already knows. You, you already know what he's going to say to us if if they win. If he says those two words, nope, don't say them. Don't say them. Um, but I mean, you know, it's Maryland basketball. I can't not watch. So it's been a, it's been a tough year. Now the the wins. It's the least invested I've been though, too, which is me too. Because I had missed a couple games, and I was like, eh. They're going to lose anyways. And then they win. Then I miss it. Son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Like if I I miss one game and then I'll watch the next and then we go like on a 10 minute scoreless streak and I'm like, God damn it. (laughs) Yeah. I think that for me, that was the Illinois game. I was like, oh, because I was remember earlier in the season, I was like, Illinois is fucking good. I was like, at Illinois, we're going to get waxed. And of (laughs) course they, uh, uh, they upset them. So, yeah. That's the kind of thing. That's maybe that's the one reason to keep watching. Is like you never know. Now it could be absolute trash, but they could also pull it out. I mean, it's interesting that they only have. I don't know. I haven't gone too deep into these other teams' schedules, but I know Michigan State is not as good as they used to be. They're actually second to last in the Big Ten. Nebraska that's- hasn't won a Big Ten game yet, so I'm looking at the rest of their schedule. I mean, the hard part of our schedule might be over. The only ranked opponent we have left is Ohio State, and that's at home at least, even though that yep. doesn't really matter anymore. But yeah, Penn State twice. Minnesota, a rematch with Minnesota who's not ranked anymore. That should be interesting. Uh, Nebraska hasn't won a Big Ten game, so obviously chalk that up for a win for them. Um, a, a rematch with Rutgers. Michigan State is, again, like I said, not as good. Uh, Northwestern is right above Michigan State. So, I mean, they could r- r- pull off a couple of wins right here and get them into tournament contention and then you know you win a couple games and now Indianapolis at the Big Ten tournament see what you can do in March but yeah I think this is the most not invested least least invested I've ever been in yeah. so and that that's I wrote that down so is it any team anytime if you beat four ranked teams and arguably the um, most competitive conference in the country I mean, are are we? Do we have a a case to make the um, NCAA tournament? I, I would say, as it stands right now, yes, because you know we're ten and eight overall, only mm-hmm. four and seven in the conference. You extrapolate that over one, two, three, four, five, six. six. Extrapolate I mean, we, that. We see teams get in numbers, bitch. At like, you know. <laughs> 18 and 11 or 19 and 10 or whatever it may be all the time. Yeah. Um, so One, two, two, four, six, they have eight games left. You know, if they go, they're going to have to go six and two at least. And if not, win a couple games in the big 10 tournament, <laughs> we, I feel like we haven't won a tournament game since John Gilchrist run in 2002. Correct. That's not true. We made it to the semifinals with Des Wells and Layman and company. I remember that. 
Good point. I remember. So, I remember. and do you think we're turning tournament bound? No, no, absolutely not. And, I would be, I'd be ecstatic if it happened, but unless, unless we go on this six and two hypothetical run, like if we, if yes. we can go, if, if we can go five hundred in the Big Ten, I, I feel like then that makes a legitimate case to be uh, oh, deserving. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll give us that. So, um, like I follow a big, run, uh, big run of the tournament could do a lot too. So then uh, I saw an article on, I think it's 24 seven sports. That is like a, a Maryland centric um, page I follow. And uh, so there's two years left on Turgeon's contract. And so long, you know, he is recruiting. <laughs> I mean, he's got to guarantee these recruits that are coming in that he's, you know, these houses that he's going to, that he's going to be here in two years. Um, typically, as I understand, when you have a year or two left on your contract, that is when you get an extension. Um, but our athletic um, director um, has not, has been noncommittal so far. Good. Well, because the athletic department at the University of Maryland is run so well nowadays. <laughs> is that sarcasm? Kind of. <laughs> they're kind of like the Washington football team. that We hope they're turning a corner, but we don't know. That makes sense. I did not realize that, first of all, it feels like Turgeon has been here for 30 years. Yes. I didn't realize he still has two years left. I also didn't realize that that's typically, and it makes sense in terms of recruiting, but I didn't realize mm-hmm. that also typically when you yeah. dish out extensions for the guys. My question, I think we briefly touched on this a couple weeks ago. Maybe not. Maybe it was over the group chat, but who are they going to get? Who's I think, Tom, maybe you brought up that like some school was interested in Turgeon or v, was it a VCU? Wichita State. Wichita State was trying to, hey, oh, yes, exactly, because he's from Kansas, was trying to yeah. pry him oh, away. Kansas. And it's like, why would he go to Wichita State? He's coaching at a major Power Five conference school, and yep. even if he did leave, who's Maryland going to get right now? That's better. Like, I don't. I'm just very out of touch on who is like the next yeah. up and coming college coach. I mean, I don't know, but I mean, it's it's a hell of a job to have in the Big Ten and in the biggest hotbed for local talent. Like, I mean, it's an incredible opportunity. Not to mention the millions and millions and millions of dollars that you know. Um, our alumni, your alumni have put into this to improve the athletic facilities and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, again, that I feel like when we've said this at nauseum about Turgeon, I feel like there's no excuse that we can't be consistently ranked year after year after year. And remember, like we when we grew up, it was, oh, I wonder what seed we're going to get in the tournament, not whether mm-hmm. we're going to make it or not, um, because making it was a was a guarantee with the program that was run. Um, and, and that should be the, the goal. I, I don't think that is an unrealistic, um, goal for this team. And I mean, especially if like, when I thought when we left the ACC, I was like, oh, well, this is going to be better for basketball because there's going to be less competition. And, you know, the, the days of the Duke and Carolina and that rivalry, I mean, I know it's not the same when college basketball is dictated by one and duns, um, at the same time, like, I feel like there needs to be a higher set of standards. Yep. Totally agree. Basketball school. Basketball school. Please, basketball school. Esquito. All right. So now we're school. 
I had another thought and I, I completely lost it. Oh, I was gonna say, uh, if Turgeon does leave, we need to find <laughs> the Michael Oxley of basketball. Robert yeah. Oxley? No, Michael Oxley. No. But then I thought we kind of already do in terms of a guy who can recruit but can't coach. <laughs> yes, we've got yeah. I but I, me- I I meant I meant more so someone who is in touch with this area and kids around mm-hmm. this area because yeah. I mean like I said Turgeon's from Kansas you know he was coaching at Kansas before he came here and then Texas A and M so he has no attachment to this area and the high schools and the AAU teams around here. We need to yeah. find someone like Loxley who's, you know, in in the weeds with all those kids and and can get them yeah. to come here. Yeah, because um, like you said, here, this is this is the best area for high school basketball in the country. They should all be fighting each other to get into Maryland to play out for who, here. Who is here is your criteria of future Maryland men's basketball coach? Just recruit out of the WCC and Prince George's County. You're good. You're good. You don't, you don't need a plane. Don't need a plane. All your travel stipend, keep it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need it. You don't need to go anywhere. You don't need no pizza. You got food here. It, 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 it's true. Um, all right. So moving on to the hockey quarter. Happy for you. Um, of course. Now, I am not as in tuned into the hockey as you guys. I know. I'm, I'm here. Sorry. I, I know we just had. Uh, <laughs> Back-to-back losses, frustrating losses against teams that we hate. And the Bruins, I hate the Bruins so goddamn much. Um, and then um, losing to the Rangers tonight. You know, this is uh, – so I guess my, my question is just how legit are we? Like, compare this team with under Laviolette with, um, you know, the, the guy that we had last year liking on his name, uh, Todd Reardon. Goddamn him. Um but anyways, what are what are our thoughts? You know he's on the Penguins now. Yeah, he's yeah. their offensive coordinator. And the Penguins are, nah, they're not trash, but they're not great. Give me all of that. I mean, we were one of the last teams to win a game in regulation in all of hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, we had until what's today, Thursday, until Monday. We had recorded at least one point in every game we've played, and I think the only other team to do that was Montreal, maybe? I forget. But, so, I mean, it was an unbelievable start for this team. I mean, way better than I thought. Not that I thought we'd be bad, but... And also considering that we had no Russians for yep. four games. Yes. Who broke COVID, COVID protocols immediately. I mean, immediately. Who, who didn't see that coming? <laughs> Turns out vodka does not cure COVID-19. <laughs> They disagree. Weird. <laughs> um, Tom Wilson and Lars Eller were hurt, and they still. And you're having like your third string goalie starting every game because Samsonov is Russian and out, and Lund- Lundqvist opted out. So for them to do what they did before Monday was fantastic. Unreal. Now I don't like how they ended up losing that game to Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, this show me a team. Ian, I'm talking to you too, specifically. Show me a team that loves blowing 3-0 leads more than the Washington Capitals. I can't. It's impossible. They <laughs> love blowing two-plus goal leads or, or series leads more than anyone I've ever seen in my life. And, and, you, just, and you just know it's coming. It's, you just, it's never safe. No. 
Because it's always they score three goals in the first period. It's like, all right, well, we're going to overtime. <laughs> yeah. So uh, who who has elevated their game to, you know, I guess, supplement without having OV and all the other Russians on our team? Like, who who has elevated their play so far? Well, they're back now. I mean, they've been back since last Saturday. I think last Saturday mm-hmm. against the first game against the Bruins were their first game back. Well, at least for Ovi and Orloff. I don't think Kuzi and Samsonov are back yet. Uh, but in their absence, I mean, Nick Backstrom, shocker, has been steady all along. He leads the team in points. Um, you know, nine assists already. He's got five goals too, which is actually pretty high for him at this at this. But you know, someone had to score. Um, yep. Carlson obviously has been fantastic. I think. Let's see. No, he's not leading the team in goals, but I feel like he's got to lead the team in power play goals. Uh, yeah, three of his four goals are on the power play. Um, Vrana, he had an amazing start to the season. He was on fire out of the gate. I think he scored in each of their like first three games or something like that. Yep. Um, and then Oshie and Tom Wilson have been their usual solid stuff. Never forget, Tom Wilson is actually a hockey player, not a goon who can actually score yes. goals. He, he can yeah. play. Exactly. Um, and Oshi is Oshi. He wins every single fucking puck and can also put the puck in the net from his spot in the power play. So, you know, it's the usual suspects. There are a couple young guys that have stepped up. Um, Nick Dowd has played pretty well. Brendan Dillon, a defender, has played solid. Hathaway scored the game winner against Bruins on Saturday. Um, so they've got a lot. But it's also funny, Tom, that they've got a lot of guys that I don't even recognize Connor McMichael is that number that, that, that top prospect they have. They finally made his debut. Uh, he didn't score anything, but I mean, he, he also had limited ice time, but he looked, he looked like he could play the part. He can be something. Um, but yeah, it's just a matter. I think for them getting all their pieces together and, and getting to a rhythm. They still, like I said, don't have koozie. Sam Sonoff is still out. So once they get all their pieces back and kind of hit a groove, they're also playing a brutal sky. I mean, their division, the way the NHL is doing it in terms of it's all geographic, their division might be the toughest in hockey. I mean, they play Boston, Philly, Pittsburgh. Um, the Devils and Rangers aren't pushovers anymore. The Islanders are actually in last place, and there's you know they knocked us out. They swept us in the playoffs last year. So the division's tough. Um, it's not going to be a cakewalk. And you know, they play the Flyers in their next two games um, on Super Bowl Sunday on noon on the NBC game. Ian is not allowed to bet on that game. No, I'm not. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) So all four, all four times I've been on them. Please no. Um, So are they like? Do you think we'll need to acquire another goalie? Like what are they? What else do we need? I feel like you know. Also, has I didn't even mention who actually, but has been pretty solid is Zdeno Shara. Yes, he has. Yeah. He's already on the top line with Carlson. <laughs> so he, there's no, he has fit no in a lot better than I than I anticipated. And I still can't get over the fact that he's on our team. It's still really weird to it see. It's so weird. weird to see. I love him uh uh crushing Marshajan though when they play the Bruins. Gotta get that tattooed on my back. <laughs> one <laughs> of us. One of us. Google gobble, Google gobble. <laughs> I can't wait for him to wear a Capitals jersey and his Hall of Fame bust. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, 
it's also way too early to tell what they're going to need. They haven't played with all their pieces together yet. I, knowing the Capitals and knowing how... Um, uh, not McVeigh. Why am I blanking on the GM's name? Mick, uh, McClellan. Mm-hmm. Knowing how he operates, he's probably going to add a defenseman. Yeah. At some point. But, you know, I, I, think, I would think Samsonov is... Once he's back, is going to be a solid goalie. Now you know that you've got Vancheck as a good backup. He's a good backup. Yeah. Rookie of the month. Let's go. <laughs> Did you know that the only other rookie of the month, or there's only been three goalie rookies of the month for the Capitals in franchise history? The last one was Michael Norvirth. You know what year that was? Oh, wow. Newbie. Holy shit. 2012? Close. 2010. 10, 10, yeah. Damn, I was like, he played for us in 2000. I felt like that was like five years ago. It was right. 11. That's insane. Time flies when you're losing to the Penguins every year. <laughs> except, that cup. except for that cup. <coughs> I mean. Yeah, we're, we're parade people now, guys. Come on. We are parade people. With football being done and baseball hasn't started yet, and we don't know what that's going to look like, and yeah. the Wizards being the Wizards – Capitals are, they're fun to watch. Yeah. You know, they're going to score goals. They're going to give up goals, but they're going to score. I like them a lot more without um, Reardon, that's for sure. Yes. That's the thing I would like to ask. I haven't seen too much reporting yet. It's too early in the season to tell, but I would like to ask maybe Porter, if he's watched any, would know. But what effect has LaViolette had on this team that Reardon, like what's the difference between him and Reardon? Because, I mean, it seems like the same team. Scoring a lot, giving up a lot, but, you know, or mm. scoring goals. But what, if any, difference is LaViolette making uh, for this team? And is it going to matter, you know, come the postseason? Apparently not. All right. I mean, <laughs> maybe it's the same. It's not, uh, I don't know. I, I, full disclosure, I've not been watching nearly as much games this year as I had. In years past, um, you know, I, I I wish that were more, but I just I don't know. It's the the excitement isn't there for me, or at least this season. And the few games that I have seen, I find myself just like I, I can't keep yelling at the television. <laughs> so um, it like for sports in general, especially. Uh, just because it's not like I, I like the caps. I love watching them. Um, but to a point of just like, okay, well, this obviously isn't giving me any enjoyment doing this. So let me do something else. That's, that's always my, my brain jumps to that immediately. If it's, if it's not doing something that I like, it's like, I'm not enjoying what's happening right now. Or if I'm like, why am I putting myself in a bad mood to watch? And I haven't, and again, full disclosure have not been following or having a good enough, uh, ability to commentate, which I know is kind of a shitty position on a sports podcast, but um, uh, especially we, in an, an area that I'm supposed to be uh, uh, familiar with. <laughs> we we like, feel personally. I, I, I feel like don't care. It's it's this between COVID, between everything else, it's just like, like, I don't know. Uh, it is weird watching games without fans. Like, and especially like watching Caps games. Yeah. Like, I mean, every 
time we were at Cap One Arena. I mean, it's, it's a completely different, and it's just kind of. I don't know. At times it just feels like players are just going through the motions and not feeding off the energy of the crowd. And it, it does kind of take away. Caps do that the most. From the experience, for sure. I mean, especially hockey, because it's just, you know, there's a lot of energy behind all of that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know and what I, it is about the Capitals, but they they definitely need, they need someone to be watching. It's like the opposite of Mystery Men, where they can only be invisible if nobody's looking. Like, <laughs> it's, it's like they, they don't give a shit. And it's it, it feels like just collecting a check it's like okay well this isn't in reach or this isn't there or we're not playing to the best of what we would be because we're used to the parade where you know we want that thing and it's i don't i haven't gotten that feeling and their lack of enthusiasm has encouraged my lack of enthusiasm i guess I'll put it back black better word i i think they're very i agree and i but i think they're they're very like they have to be self-motivated and they're like, they only play really hard when they have to, like when they fall down three, nothing and they have to kick their own asses in gear. And then they score three straight goals. Like if they play like that every game. And I think having no crowds helps a lot or hurts a lot, I guess. But if they play like that every game, they're more likely going to win every game. You know, I mean, on paper, this is one of the best teams in hockey. There are contenders. There's no doubt about that. It's just a matter of one: can they all stay healthy and COVID-free and play? And then two: you know, can they not slack off like Porter was mentioning and you know play a full sixty minutes every time they go out? Yeah, sixty minutes every time they go out there and and put together. I, I think they're now. It'd be like we just mentioned: the Brewers are one of the best teams as well. I, I, I mean, I think it's pretty set in stone that it's going to be the Bruins, the Flyers and the Caps in this division fighting for top seeds. You know, we just split with the Bruins. You should have won both, but you split. Um, and now you've got two against the Flyers. So, you know, here's another test. This is not going to be an easy schedule, like I said. So we'll see where it stands once they get out of this portion and maybe they start facing lesser teams, but you know, they should beat the Rangers. They, you know, that should have been a cakewalk. And they said, you know, walked through it. And got beat. So if they play, you know, it's they're their own worst enemy almost. If they can't properly motivate themselves, there's no crowd like Porter said to feed off of. You know, they're not going to be coming into was it fifteen thousand screaming fans at Cap One Arena every single night. They're going to have to find a way to motivate themselves and play at a high level every single night. And if they do that, they'll be great. They'll be they could be a one or two seed. If not. Yep. You know, you might be looking at the same thing as how they ended up last year and, you know, being a four or five seed and facing a tough out in the first round. And we got plenty of leadership on this team to, you know, motivate their guys on a, on nights that it's hard to get motivated. Like yeah. it's, I mean, it, it's weird for us as fans just to watch these games with no one in the audience. I mean, I can't imagine it's got to be weird as hell for them, for any athlete for that matter. Yeah. Like we're about to watch a Super Bowl with nobody there. Well, some people are there. First responders there. The vaccinated people. There's gonna be more cutouts there than actual people, though, which I guess is yeah. a good thing. But yeah, again, it's just a, a weird, weird situation. And, and Porter, I, I get what you're saying. It's just kind of like it all just feels like a mulligan. Yeah, like, yeah. It seems unimportant. Yeah. yeah. And and yeah, it definitely does. But also I agree with Porter in terms of sometimes I'm watching them 
you know, I try to catch as much as I can. And, but I'm watching them and then it's like, all right, if you're not going to try, I'm not going to watch. <laughs> like, right. That's it, what I mean. It's like, I sit there and I'm like, all right, well, what else on my, you know, five other apps or, you know, uh, devices that are going to uh, pull to my attention, you know, yeah. TikTok's just basically taking over my life, but, um, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Um, but you know, it, everything so, else yeah. is like, there's, there's so many other things calling for my time and attention between, you know, I don't know. It's just the other things. It's the, if the, the whole point of the, the sport or, or to be able to lose yourself within, um, you know, taking a minute, minute for yourself, watching, watching, a, watching a game, you know, remove yourself from reality, remove yourself from your own life. And while doing so, it does none of that. It serves no purpose for me. And I'm like sitting there. It's like, all right, well, they're clearly not fucking trying right now. And I've seen the same dump fucking play 10 times in a row uh, where they're chasing it with no sense of, you know, like these slap fucking defenses. And it's just I'm like, okay, I'm all right clearly they don't care so i'm finding something else to look at yeah the lazy defense the getting beat on the board fucking the sloppy lazy. passing i can't get over yeah sloppy yeah. passing and lazy defense is obnoxious as shit it's like what do you what do you what are you doing yeah. I, I don't understand i do but i don't at the same time like it's a completely different dynamic they're in an empty stadium that plays a huge factor of it that's that has to be very different to everything every game they've ever played before in their entire lives yeah. between college to professional. It's never been that way. And when you have a completely silent fucking arena where you can hear every stick and skate, it's, it, it's like a record game. Yeah. Every game we ever had like that was just like practice. It yeah. didn't feel real. <laughs> so. Uh, Sloppy defense and lazy passing. That's also why I can't watch the NBA. Hey, also it's rigged. As a, as I'm watching Lakers and Nuggets, which is a really good game. Well, so. I'll also say, <laughs> Tom and Ian, don't look now, but did you see that Kelly Oubre scored 40 points tonight? Of yeah. course I did. <laughs> yeah, we got yeah, He's had a shitty season, though. He has. Oh, really? Yeah, he's, he's like been historically bad from, from the yep. field. He needed, he needed this bounce back game, though. Yes, he did. Um, it's gonna be one of the things that Wolders never let go. Thirty years from now, we're gonna be like fucking Kelly Oubre. <laughs> Kelly, goddamn Oubre. If he just would have kept him, Trevor Ariza. Barker. <laughs> to, for Trevor Ariza to babysit John Wall and Bradley Beal for half a season. Again. <laughs> Again. Again. Yeah. Exactly. Uh. Unreal. So let's end. We do have Super Bowl 55 um, Sunday night. It looks is. like they're calling for rain in Tampa, so it could be Jesus. sloppy. Um, we have. Of course Ian it gonna- does. That helps Tom Brady so damn much. Of course it's going <laughs> to fucking rain. Yeah, well, he, he prays for sun gods. I bet he plays like shit. But he shits his goddamn pants. <laughs> Can't hold a little ball for nothing. Um, Ian, I, I put in Ian's prop bets. I know you are going to be actively gambling in this, this game. Is correct. Um, it's called sports trading. Oh shit! I didn't even see that. I didn't look at the rundown. So I haven't decided on any prop bets yet. 
Yes. Money lines are now options. What are you doing on Sunday, sir? Well, I'm working during the day. No, <laughs> I should be off. I should be off probably like six or so. Mm, okay. So I have no idea what I'm going to do after that. Um, but as far here, no. Okay. As far as gambling, what are you doing? I have no idea. Who's so coming we, over? I, wait, what is that? I Who's... wait till the day of. Got it. Got decision. We, um, I see Chiefs minus three over under at 56. Uh, ESPN's matchup predictor has Kansas City winning at a 52.1% chance. Um, these, this is closer than I thought. Was it that last I week? I think I'm going to go Chiefs cover, and I think I might go the under on that one. Well, actually, I'll just go with whatever he says. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she has to answer you because it's the last game. So, I, yeah, and I have, I haven't, I haven't bothered her for a while. Yeah, she's got that fucking hot hand. It's crazy. Um, I, I I asked Healy, like, I want to say, like, she got like nine nine of eleven over unders correct. Wow, unreal. Nice. She's on a heater. Yes. The longest she's got one wrong. She's like, I've lost it. I was like, you didn't lose shit. <laughs> so be- because Tampa is technically playing in their home field, are they getting three points automatically? I, they're not the home team. Technically, Kansas City is the home team because they have the better record. Yeah, but Vegas is going by where they're playing. But does that actually matter? I mean, all right. That's, I mean, I understand that, but so by, that doesn't matter. The- There's no one going to be there. By that rationale, is it then Chiefs minus six? I mean, I, I don't know. If there were actually going to be normal fans in the stands, I would understand that logic. But with a bunch mm-hmm. of first responders, I mean, I, I mean, if they're from the Tampa area, maybe okay. But I mean, there's no home field advantage. Mm-hmm. There's not supposed to be a home field advantage. It's supposed to be a neutral site, but because it is their home stadium, I don't know. I just, oh god. I need Tom Brady to lose. <laughs> I know, yes. Bobby, you really, really wanted to lose for me. I, I just want this to be a good game. Like, I, I really don't have a vested interest in either team. Uh, yeah. I just, just please be entertaining. Like, don't be another Patriots Rams type game where I don't think I've ever been so bored watching a Super Bowl in my life. That was so bad. Oh, so bad. I mean, either way, we're going to see greatness. So it's either Tom Brady is just cemented as the best athlete maybe ever. And yeah. then. If Pat gets it, then that is here. Here we go. <laughs> now he's now he's chasing that guy that he's playing against right now. This is year. Is this year one of his? How long was his extension? Fifteen. Thirteen years. Ten. Wait, what? Patrick Mahomes oh, signed a contract. Really? Oh shit! He got like four hundred million dollars. All oh, right. No, no, no. five hundred. Five hundred. I guess over. A half a billion dollars. Ten year deal. Five hundred and three million dollars. What no big deal. Guaranteed. If he wins it on his first year after that, it's like So he so he has nine years left to or I mean probably more, but on on that deal, nine years, he'll already have two to win four more to tie Tom. <laughs> to tie Tom. And if he goes if he goes like six and oh or six and one then we got a whole other conversation there. Oh, yep. God, yeah. Oh, my God. I, I, knock on wood, I hope he does it, and I think he can do it. But 
Yeah. I mean, a lot of things. It's football. I mean, yeah, everything has to go, right go, gotta go your way. Injuries. I mean, yeah. I mean, how long are they going to have Kelsey and Tyreek Hill? And mm-hmm. I mean, they just turn out running back, so that's not a big deal. But and that offensive line, they need mm-hmm. to keep a solid defense on the field too. But yeah, that's getting ahead of ourselves. I hope he one day passes Brady because I'm sick of him. I, I feel like General Hux. Coach. You said General Hugs. Yeah. I don't care who wins. I just need Tom Brady to lose. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. No. I get that. It, again, I just, I'm really surprised how close this spread is. Um, and my only assumption is if they're factoring in that Tampa's playing in their home field, yeah, which but, is an incredible. Well, they, they won by three points when they played at week 12. It was 27-24. And then now Tampa Bay's playing a lot better than they were then. But we, and yeah. we also said this about the NFC Championship game. You thought it was closer than we thought. It was only three points, and that turned out to be obviously correct. Yeah. So, I mean, Vegas must know something we don't. Yeah. Um, all right. But, Ian, I would agree with you. Like that minus three, I'm going Kansas City. But, I mean, normally I'd like the over for that. But if they're going to be playing in like a torrential downpour, which it looks like, then – you know, the under is a safer play to go, I guess. That's why I wait till the day of, too. I mean, how how much more – I mean, are you going, like, Dick Cummings level where you are betting on the coin toss and the length of the national anthem and what uh, color – It's going to be where I am at in the in the week of it, how up or down I am. Okay. Because I'm down. Are you watching no. from home by yourself? I have no idea. Okay. Because I feel like – I just feel like if you're, like, by yourself – and watching it, you're going to bet more. Yeah. Yes. That's 100% true. But yeah. if you're like maybe with people around you or I don't know, maybe back at work, whatever, I feel like you'll Distracted. be less on your phone betting. That is true. I'll like, I'll like bet on the fucking yard lines and everything if I'm by myself. <laughs> All right. First team to score Kansas City minus 130 or Tampa Bay plus 110. Oh, let's go. Plus 110. Just score a touchdown or first, just anything? First team to score. Tom Brady. Let's go. Pat Mahomes prop bets. Uh, over uh, uh, over or under at 327 and a half. Passing yards. 327 and a half. Go over. Oh, with the way it's going to be yeah, I'd go under two. Ooh, I think. Passing touchdowns, two and a half. But he does those little like shovel passes in the end zone. I was gonna do it over two. Which count? Yeah, if it's yeah, a- I'm going over. Pass attempts over under forty and a half. I'm going over. Not if it's raining again. We're handing the ball up. Yeah, but I'm also like, thinking like, like dunk downs though. Like, what is like? Sure. Like uh, that's where you can really value like running backs. So like bet heavy on like, on Edwards Alaire or um, mm-hmm. what have they been using? I mean Leonard Fournette has been really the Bucks bell cow since he yeah, played he us. Yeah. Uh, I'm going under. None of the uh, Pat Mahomes prop bets, at least according to William Hill, are like they're all minus. The only positive is pass completions over twenty eight and a half. It's only plus 105, though. Mm-hmm. Or taking the over interceptions. Over over a half for interceptions is plus 140. 
I think he throws a pick. Yeah. Tampa Bay's defense is playing well. Yeah. Yeah. Do they have their safeties? Do we know? Are their safeties back? Uh, Winfield's out, I think. And didn't the other dude dislocate his shoulder against Green Bay? Mm-hmm. Let's see. Stupid faces, prop bets. Passing touchdowns for Brady over two and a half. Over under two and a half. Where's his rushing? Over. <laughs> his rushing yards over under a half yard. <laughs> that sounds about right. I'd say over. <laughs> well, I just be like one of those things where then like he kneels down and then loses a couple yards. That's true. Does um do sex count for passing yards or rushing yards? Or against, I guess. Oh. Like if he gets sacked. Is that minus rushing yards for him or minus passing yards for him? I don't think it's minus rushing. I think it's passing too. I don't think it does it count for anything? Does it does it affect anything? I, I would imagine it accounts for some kind of yardage. Well, I know you it lose yards on the line of scrimmage. Why would you not use yard like if a running back ran backwards, that's minus rushing yards for him. Mm-hmm. I think a sack is counted for something. I just don't know if it's rushing or passing. I don't Actually I think you're all right. Ian, I'm telling you right now, your prop bets look for or anytime touchdown scores for Clyde Edwards Elaire or Daryl Williams. Plus one seventy five and plus two hundred for both. Let's go. I totally see them getting to like the one yard line and just handing it off to one of them. Okay. So um according to the Google machine, Bobby, to be considered a sack, the quarterback quarterback must intend to throw a forward pass. The NFL subtracts yards lost due to sacks from a team's passing totals. However, the quarterback's individual passing total stats remain unchanged. All right. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. These prop bets are hilarious. Yeah, what about um? what's the over-under on the national anthem? Who's singing it? I don't even see it. <laughs> because we got the weekend doing the halftime show. No, these are all on the field prop bets. This is Eric Church and Jasmine Sullivan. Country? Country. Eric oh, Church definitely uh, is. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know country music, Tom? America's yeah. America's pastime in music? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I think that actually hurt your soul a little bit. So happy for you. <laughs> the weekend. We got a Canadian doing the freaking halftime show. Come on. All right. We already did our predictions, right? We don't need to do those again. Yep. Correct. Good Chiefs. Is it time for Gregory's? Yes, it is. Oh, damn. It's my time to shine. Indeed Everybody wants to hear is. me talk now. Yep. So I really do. I really do. I got I got something a little bit different for the Gregory's this this uh, this week. Um, Thomas, pay attention. This is all about you, buddy. Uh, so in COVID, uh, everybody you know has things that they need to do to kind of fill the time because we're locked in the house. Um, drives everybody a little bit insane. 
And I came across in one of my daily fucking YouTube rabbit holes was a great recipe from a one, probably one of the most Italian women I've ever seen in my fucking life. Uh, Lemoncello recipes. So for the past four weeks now, I've kept this a secret. The only person to know this on the chat right now is, is, is Ian. Other than that, by process, and he's listening now, Umo, which I made him swear on our friendship that uh, he wouldn't fucking say anything uh, and would be pissed about him. But so I made Lemoncello. And then what I did was, um, if you guys can see this here, Tom might recognize this photo. Um, (laughs) I bought personalized stickers. Oh no! And uh, <laughs> these bottles are quality, quality fucking bottles with cork stoppers <laughs> and shrink wrapped uh, plastic for freshness. Um, I made about three liters of this shit. I've oh got about God. probably nine bottles left. Um, the title of it, and established in 2021, is if you can read that backwards, Guinea Cello. Um, <laughs> That is uh, courtesy of, of our, our friend uh, Ian. I, I sent everything to him and was like, hey, I'm doing a bit. I need some help figuring out because I'm making the labels right now. Um, and it was going, I started out with Guinea Lemoncello. But the way that you're, dis- you're on the photo, yeah, it wouldn't show up. So I had to shorten it to fit on your jacket. Oh, Ian, the right off the cup. It took me two seconds. Oh, Guinea, Guinea Cello. cello. <laughs> Merged them together. It was perfect. It was beautiful. Is this, like, is this supposed to be this? My, my wedding gift? Oh, I already got you your wedding gift. This, is just, for, this is just for fun. <laughs> uh, so I can't wait to give it to you. It's fucking delicious, I by the way. It. Don't doubt um, that. It's, it's, it's very good. <laughs> wait, is, is my face on every single one? Or oh, yes, 100%. Yeah, I got 100 <laughs> stickers. I'm turning the rest into magnets. Oh, no. Yes. Dude, oh, good. We need. Like, can you put PMIC on it, too? <laughs> oh, it's, no. It's, it's so good. I literally, so I sent this into Amazon, and they were like, do you own this photo? And all I said was my, I was like, yeah, it's my name, whatever. And the, <laughs> like, we're like, okay. Uh, they said, you know, wait a couple of weeks because it has to come through USPS. Um, but they like <laughs> responded two days later, sent it out through the mail, and it was it was coming. So I have uh, where is it? Oh, there's it over there. I have a lot of them, Tom. <laughs> um, I got a lot of these. Okay. Uh, so the goal being, uh, you and Danielle are definitely going to get some. Everybody, obviously, on the podcast is going to get some. Um, there's uh, this weekend we're starting a new batch. Now that I've realized that this recipe is... That's legit. what you guys were making. Got, got it. it. Virginia's doing great. Great recipe. I'm, I'm making a, a double or triple batch. So we had uh, dinner over at the Brumos last Sunday, and we had pasta. So I was like, I had mentioned to Elaine's mom that I was making limoncello, not anything about this. And because she, we had had whatever. We had gone over to their house before and she had bought some limoncello. It gave me, you know, this idea of like, oh, I should make my own. I've always wanted to do. And then that, of course, devolved into obviously making a bit about you. Um, it's, but, it, um, it's so good. Yeah. It's, it's so good. It's, <laughs> I, said, I said, I was like, 
we had to wait three weeks for it to ferment or not ferment, but to really just pull the oils out of the lemons. Um, and I was just like sending it to Ian. It was just like, this is the greatest thing ever. I'm so mad. I have to wait four fucking weeks to tell anybody about it. Oh my God. That's you know how hard it was to keep that secret? Like, yeah. it was. <laughs> I, I, I'm appreciative and impressed. Um, That's amazing. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so this is, this is the first batch of, of Guinea Cello. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 I, I'm not, I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm serious. It's really fucking good. So, um, like, how do you make use, Guinea Cello? Hmm? How did you make so this? Lemon Cello is essentially just lemon essence with sugar water. So you take a shit ton of lemons and, and you More. put them into a jar, uh, the skins anyways, and you, you know, hold it within, um, you're basically pickling. Uh, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give away my recipe. You're basically pickling lemon rinds. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're taking the flavor of the lemons off and then you're combining it with sugar water and then waiting for it to cool and, uh, putting it into bottles. Um, and the great thing about it is that they're shelf stable. So, so where does the alcohol for, come last from? forever, Tom? Alcohol just comes from Perfect. that process. No. Uh, so you're not fermenting anything. The alcohol is already present. So you're using, uh, there's two, there's two ways to do it. You can use vodka, which is what I researched was a shit way of doing it. Would you um, use? It takes less time, but it's shit. Uh, I used Everclear. Uh, 95% proof alcohol. So there's was nothing but alcohol in there. So when you're at the reason why you're doing that is you're adding it to other things. So you want that to be the only thing in there. Um, So you know exactly how much you're diluting it to, you know exactly how much the proof is um, and all of that. But uh, essentially you're just moving it from you're, you're combining it like any other cordial or liqueur is a shit ton of alcohol with sugar water. And you're diluting it down to a point that is either, an agreeable taste or the level that you want it to. But um, this is probably about 20%, okay. maybe 22. Um, do you leave so it in the freezer or do you put it on rocks? freezer? Freezer, yeah. 100%. Um, freezer. Just by itself so in a shot glass with a freezer. Um, yeah. It is, it's surprising. It's God, when I opened up, I can't tell you when I opened up the can from when it was fermenting that or not fermenting but when it was you know chilling that whole time oh my god <laughs> loved it it smelled it smelled so good the whole house just smelled like uh, lemon sour drops um and uh it's it's not what's great about it is it's not what i really love it, it's not too it doesn't fuck with my i was worried i was gonna get heartburn like i was gonna want to drink a whole bottle but then like it's basically it's not like drinking sour mix at all. It's it's actually pretty smooth. So it wasn't like that time you made an entire bucket filled. No, that was a, that was a terrible idea. The <laughs> sour bucket, the sour whiskey whiskey sour bucket was the worst idea I've ever had at a party ever. <laughs> I made all of us have uh, that was not fun. Pre pre heartburn, like twenty um, one year olds with just like crucial heartburn. Like that's yeah. not so. <laughs> no, that was awful. That was, that was a bad. I should have dumped that out. We shouldn't have been like, well, we were poor. So we were like, well, we're drinking it. (laughs) We we spent $30 on this book and we're not going to not drink it. (laughs) Tom, he kept on texting me. He's like, just to clarify, this isn't mean, right? (laughs) I was like, he's going to fucking love it. (laughs) Yeah. I've been grinning ear to ear ever since he did that. That is, I mean, God, 
but every like it's just like being friends with you guys it's like 50 percent <laughs> hysterical and amazing the other 50 percent is just total fear that like <laughs> like and it's mostly just because of slick it's like slick, we're doing yeah. something to me <laughs> want, bobby's would, biggest uh, fear the, just came the next throat. batch is gonna have a back sticker with obviously an eloquent story to the to the i wanted to, to put yeah i wanted to put so it has established 2021 on there and i wanted like baltimore or like some other shit of just like you know um that is there will there will be other batches i promise and then, can, can, can we get that trademark oh yeah i don't know if they will because it's technically a slur um if they'll allow that or not oh yeah you'll get canceled yeah yeah i don't think they'll Child labor laws are ruining this country be copyright or or, trademark or, or because Porter, yeah. you can re, you can reveal your half Italian side and say, "Hey, I'm Italian. I'm allowed to say it." I don't I don't think they they care about that. <laughs> I think they still think it's like, "Nah, you can't do that." Yeah. yeah. Um. So, do you do you guys hear yeah. the song I was playing or no? Did I go through? Yes. It? No. Okay, it was okay. funny. It was good. I was like, "Hold on, I don't think they heard it." <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I can't wait for you guys to try and, it, and I feel so bad. I, what I really wanted to do. My whole plan originally was to send all of you a bottle and have it completely taped to, to like craziness so that you couldn't really open it and just have a note on it that said, put it in the freezer, don't ask questions. And does, uh, does Daniela like know about Live. it? No, no, no. She's honestly so goddamn hard. Only only person I knew about it was Ian. Uh, <laughs> and up until Sunday, Umo. Um, That's good. And That's good. I was just going to have like on Facebook Live and have all of you open it. And just go through this actual story that we're talking about right now, but I wish I could have done that. It was it was too expensive. I was just like, this is. It would have been less expensive for me to drive to each of your houses, <laughs> drop it off, <laughs> than it would have been to fucking mail it. Nice, nice. like crazy. Yeah. Um, oh my god. I'll be so making this for- forever, every summer, ever. It's just gonna be. Bottles of Guinea Cello. No more mozzarella. Big ass, big oh, ass bottles of lemon cello. Guinea cello. So, for those that are listening to the podcast, to, to Porter has explained what he made, but on the cover of the bottle is a picture of me from front of the pod, Jimmy Arkin's wedding. Um, <laughs> there was a photo booth, and I did not even intend to make a face, but I have the uncanny ability <laughs> to make really embarrassing. Um, faces somehow. And, it's the greatest um, photo ever. It's my profile review on my phone. Ever. Yeah, and it's um, it was the it background was really... of my phone for about six months. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's and, gonna be the picture uh, for this podcast. Porter, can you take a picture of it and send it to me? Got it. Way oh. out of you. Uh, yeah, just put it on my tab. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Uh, yeah. So, uh, for for the again for those that are listening, a little context behind this is that there is a very very flattering picture of me from a wedding, and uh, it's it's gone viral amongst my, my our social circle. So, I am the gift that will continue to give that way. I'm, oh, they'll see it. It's going to be the picture. Thank you. It's going to be the picture for this episode. And uh, damn right, it's going to be the picture. People are going to see me like, why the hell is that? And then they'll have to listen to the episode to find out. <laughs> Uh, it's it's for me. It's the picture that does it. Really, I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> the story is great, but adding that as not just a picture, but the label. It's like a whole wine bottle label. <laughs> oh my god, dude! I was I was telling 
Elaine's family was like, this is the best $50 I've ever spent in my life. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is the greatest thing ever. Guinea cello. Hey, at least I'm in my good suit. Yeah. No, you look, <laughs> suit, you look great. Nice. You look great, bro. <laughs> oh, You're going to look great in my free. It's going to be so good. <laughs> Why am I the way that I am? <laughs> hey, we love you for it. <laughs> God, I'm gonna make so much. Oh, that's good. It's gonna be great. I can't wait to see da- Danielle's reaction. She is going to lose it, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never throwing away that bottle. Like, well, she's still like <laughs> anybody throws it away. You're done. <laughs> you're canceled. You're my donezo list. Well, she supports me making a fool out of myself. So she does. Oh, for sure. She's on our side. What are you gonna do? I'm used to it. That's how we knew she was the one for you, Tom. She was on our side with that. I know. And like, so I remember, smooth. like, because what Slink has always done to me, and I'm like, pick a side. She's like, his. I'm like, you're not supposed to say that. <laughs> Bobby, did you just see the photo? <laughs> you actually have like the cutout of it. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. yeah. Established 2020. Oh, wait, what am I missing? It's on the group chat. He sent the, he just looked at, uh, yeah. he sent the stencil over. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I've already got that. Can I put uh, Guinea Cello on our... <laughs> you can't... Uh, if anyone anyone gets... Uh, I think Tom Segura said it best. Uh, what slurs are left to say is anything involving white people. Have at it. Yeah, like, yeah. If you get, if you get yeah, mad at true. white people's slurs, you're a racist. You fucking yeah, funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, w- w- white people, we've we've had a good run. Yeah. Let no. us get made fun yeah. of for yeah. You get mad at, at what's this like honky? Who's like the no no? He says guinea get, cracker. Yeah, cracker. It's like you get mad at it. Fuck you. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, he called you a cracker. Did you yeah. burst out of laughing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I love how he was um, like. I, I, I tell my Italian friend all the time, "Shut the fuck up, you fucking guinea." Fucking and he's just like, guinea. Right. I, don't <laughs> "I don't give a shit." <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, are, what, are, what are they gonna do? Whatever. Tell I don't. Them. I don't think I, I, I don't I've care. ever reacted negatively to being called a guinea or wop or anything like that it's just you know why because we've never had to deal with hardship in our entire life yeah (laughs) yeah that's why i don't know i I get pretty upset when people call me a mick it really hurts me (laughs) (laughs) you mick bastard if anyone just said that i i think i think you'll be fine i'm 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 not worried about it if i think that argument is pretty easy to make yeah Go for no, it. no, yeah. I am. Oh, I'm just saying, like, if people are gonna be offended that because, like, it's gonna be the picture. I mean, that the picture is the picture. Yeah. Are people gonna be offended if they see? I don't know. It's in cursive, so they might not be able to read it. So, I think, um, yeah. I think, use, use, use vivid cool. I think slick one uh, bit of the year in 2020. We're making Ian's going away XFL def- DC Defenders tribute, <laughs> and now Poirot is firmly in in first place for the bit of the year for 2021. I don't like that. I don't like that, Bobby. It's fucking the start of month two. How dare you? It's like telling someone they've got Oscar buzz when I'm they tell- just started. Yeah, I'm saying you like set the it. bar high, man. I'm saying the bar is set like high. It. The bar is high. I feel like you jinxed me. You're, you're the fucking Orson Welles of bits. If I, if I jinxed <laughs> you, then go and do a better bit. Oh. You, don't test me, Bobby. <laughs> Bits and skits. That's what PMS does. I have does. all the time in the world now. Just yeah. my brain just rattling around. Exactly. I had it. I sent Ian a picture of the bottle 
on i'll send that to the group chat i sent him a bottle or the picture of the bottle sitting on the desk and ian and tom's face in the background on the monitor just like it's coming it's coming <laughs> like finally like seriously waiting i feel like up for it. waiting it so fucking long like every day i'd pick up the bottle i'd pick up my little bottle of of tommy juice and i'd shake it up i'd shake it up and get those oils moving around and then i put it back every day i agitate it and i'm like one day I'm I'm very greasy. I think uh, I think we also need to shout. I mean, I knew Ian. Ian obviously can keep a secret like that, but we need to give a shout to Uma for also keeping this secret because yep. he lets everyone knows when his dog sneezes at three a.m. while he's watching Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> kudos to Uma for keeping that secret for a couple of weeks. Days. Couple days, days, yeah. Nah, whatever. Yeah. Last last Sunday. He would have lasted weeks. <laughs> he even said it was like, okay, you put some effort into this, I'll keep it secret. <laughs> it's like, yes, yes, you will. <laughs> Immediately ruins it while taking care of MJ at four in the morning. Yeah. Ah, darn it. You know what? <laughs> oh, was I not supposed to say? Hey, Porter, this this guinea chill is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so oh my God, I love- so also, good. I'm watching The Blacklist. That's kind of cool. You've been watching The Blacklist, haven't you? Yeah, I know. I was just being... I was trying. Uh, to I watched the first season. I think I stopped. Oh, you're trying to do what a rotten? It? Yeah, I was just like, oh. Like, oh. No, it's I started up Vikings. How, Man, how Vikings? Is, I, I saw the first season of Vikings. Um, I started the second, but never continued. Yeah, I, think I'm, I like I'm the main the character a lot. Ragnar's the shit. Yeah. But I like Last Kingdom better. Have you seen that mm, one? No, I've I've I keep seeing it on Netflix. I've, I've never... oh, watched that. It's a great show. I love Last yeah. Kingdom. Okay, interesting. Viking, Viking shit is just amazing. Yeah, because they don't give a fuck. <laughs> and that uh, one's that one's like cursing and naked and all that stuff too. Ooh, all right. Mm. You guys seen Game of Thrones Vikings? I like it. Have you guys seen um, How to Train Your Dragon? Love it. Are you talking about the <laughs> TV show? No, he's talking about his favorite Vikings stuff was How to Train Your Dragon. Oh. (laughs) They're good movies. (laughs) They are. I like them. But has anybody seen the third one? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the third one. Is that the one with the white one? uh, Where he finds a girlfriend? Yes, yes. I thought that was two. No, two is when when they find his mom. The dude's mom, not the dragon's mom. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think third third is when they find the girlfriend for the dragon. Yeah, it's the wall. He has a the name, wall Bob. version. Uh, it's toothless, and he's fucking adorable. <laughs> All right. Well, we kept it under two. Actually, an hour forty-five this year. Uh, this year, this week. So good for us. Boom. Solid, so. solid all around. Enjoy the Super Bowl, everyone. Go Chiefs. Tom Brady, go away. Um. Go Caps too! Don't forget the Caps play at noon on Super Bowl Sunday. Nooner, nooner. What's everybody's? Uh, is everyone doing a, a cool spread, food spread for Super Bowl, or just kind of chilling? Uh, you know what? I think I'm gonna do something now. What should I, I make? Don't know what. What should I make? Wings and nachos. For we just me made and ramen Megan. for the first time tonight, and it was nice. Elaine fucking killed it. It's delicious. Bye. What was it? We made ramen. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, was it pho or was it ramen? Which one was it, Porter? It was actually a mix between both. We were using ramen noodles, but it was pho broth. Broth. Yeah. 
Because we, you know, we're not making those fucking noodles. We don't have time for that shit on a goddamn. What day is it? Thursday. Something like that. Yeah. It was no, it was really good. We had we had pot roast last night, so we used the leftover pot roast in the broth. Like nice. basically, we just like used it to like at the last bit when it was done. We put it in there for like three minutes to like heat it up and get it juicy again, dude. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. PMIC podcast across the board on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, at Bobby underscore Blanco for myself, at Tom underscore Natalie for Tom also. Get it uh, right. <laughs> at Ian underscore Foster 21 for Ian. At um, Guinea Cello Maker for... Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> for Gregory. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy the week. Uh, we'll hopefully talk to you next week, and uh, that'll be the official start of the football offseason. So we'll get more into depth, get ready for the draft, and maybe some more college basketball and uh, maybe more hockey and the Wizards. Until then, uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you later. Vote for Brad Beal. Bye. My watch is ended. This has been Put Me In Coach Podcast. Screw you guys, I'm going.